Well, hey, everybody, it's Maylee Thomas. Yep, it's time for another Texas Homegrown Music. And I've got a guy by the name of Sonny Lynn today. Um, some people might even know him as Levi Bradford over at the Noise Umbrella Studios in Frisco. But he's here today because he's also an artist, a singer-songwriter, and really incredibly talented dude. So can't wait to share his music with you. Before I do, I'm going to sing a song called Like a Lily from one of my older records. This is a song that actually tells my story about what it was like um, growing up in my household. And uh, I got to tell you, it could be rough a little bit. And I know everybody out there has a story. But my story is that I'm not a victim. And I decided that uh, everything that I went through actually has helped me be more open and just inclusive to people that have been through some hard times and it helps me to really relate to them. And so I hope that song, this song does that for you. It's called Like a Lily, and we come back. I'm going to be with Sunny Lynn right here on Texas Homecoming Music. Strong like a lily, rich as a river, washed in the blood I've been delivered. was a name she used to like to gamble 
Well, we're back on Texas Homegrown Music, and I've got my guest, Sunny Lynn. Sunny, welcome to the show. I'm going to go ahead and call you by your artist name, Sunny Lynn. Is that all right? Hi, how you doing? Um, that that works. Oh, it works for me, too. So for all you listeners out there, Sunny... Um, has a studio in a town. I'm gonna I'm gonna make a statement. He's gonna laugh. A little suburb of McKinney called Frisco, <laughs> uh, called Noise oh, Umbrella. And um, one of my good friends just did a just tracked a song with you recently. And I'm actually gonna play it on the show today. But um, I just thought, you know what? I'd love to reach out to him and. I find out that you know who I am already, and we've already done a few things together. So welcome to the show again, and welcome to seeing me. And now I get to to really talk about you and your musical endeavors. So uh, let's talk about that. I know that... um, a lot of people are going to know you as Levi because you are, you know, you're doing a lot of uh, uh, tracking over there at the Noise Umbrella. So talk to me about what got you into music, what made you decide to be an artist. And then on top of that, you know, for, you know, the whole uh, studio stuff. And I mean, I, I don't, I can't imagine that you aren't busy right now, especially with um, all the people that are coming out of the woodwork and wanting to record. Yeah, yeah. Uh, wow. So I guess my background in music was uh, I always point towards my my grandpa, I, my my papa. And uh, he he's up in Oklahoma. And uh, I think 40, 50 years ago, they bought a bunch of land and acres and then they built their house and dug their pond and have been like, you know, deep into the country ever since. And growing up, I remember we'd go visit him and my papa never really spoke a lot of words. Um, but he would pick up a guitar and look at me and play something. And to me, he was saying a million things, you know, when I was two, three, four years old, he'd pick an old, you know, country gospel song or, uh, you know, bluegrass tune. And and it was, that was my eye opening thing. And so that music was already from the country of Oklahoma, from my papa. And then somewhere in, elementary school, I started walking home with uh, a a guy named Jason Chan. And uh, we were in second grade, and uh, we shared each other's houses because we'd walk home from school, hang out until the working uh, parents got off, and then we'd connect. And Jason was taking piano. um, And uh, his mom made him practice piano whenever I went to his house. And then that was the second big sparkle I remember hearing the piano. And so I actually went to my parents and said, you know, I'd like to learn the piano. And I started in piano lessons when I was maybe five or six and then um, worked my way up uh, classical piano. And uh, and then it was always just like the music was calling and pulling pulling me towards something. Uh, so in sixth grade, I joined Drumline, uh, partly because I had already been playing the piano and uh, marched Drumline all throughout high school and Somewhere in seventh and eighth grade, I had found, uh, I had found uh, like punk bands, garage rock groups, you know, that wanted to jam. So I picked up a bass, and then I moved to guitar, and and then whenever I was playing some guitar and some piano and drums, I did get plugged into the the church locally, which is a huge way to to jump into music. Absolutely. And, uh, and then somewhere. Somewhere around 17, 18 years old, I realized there was a recording, you know, setup available, you know, studio. 
And once I found out that I could put it all together, I got hooked. And, uh, and that was kind of my, uh, my get go. So I did try to go to college and, uh, was just, um, so bored with school and, and, and I did leave, um, I figured it was, it was harder for me to go to the pizza shop and book a tour across the country uh, when I was like 18, 19 years old. Uh, it was harder to do that than to go to school. So I chose to go to the pizza shop. And I remember at that point I had a little indie rock band, an indie rock group. And I said, the pizza shop, MySpace was the big thing back then. And it really was this unique time where you could connect with people and bands and, and see cities. Um, and so I used MySpace and a fast internet connection at a pizza shop. And I remember I was 18 years old and I had, I had gotten from Dallas, Texas to um, the Navy Pier in Chicago, which is to me, was the other side of the country. Right. And I hadn't paid a dollar to get there. And that was to me when I w- really realized that there's, there's an incredible power in music. And, uh, and I really just haven't stopped chasing the horse ever since. Uh, and uh, yeah, so, so got into that, um, after that kind of era, I, um, I, I really knew I wanted to record. And so, um, I ended up, uh, you know, I had a crazy story in my, in my 18, 19, 20, 21, 22 era and, uh, and ended up kind of getting burned out from being in the Metroplex and, uh, and had this opportunity to move to East Texas, a little town called Athens, oh, yeah, Texas. I know where Athens is. And there's not much out there, but you know, where Athens I know is? Athens, Texas, beautiful lake. You know, I've got, um, I've got friends mm-hmm. that were, that grew up there and I don't know if you know the story, but Athens, Texas is where Cinemark Theater started. And, um, so some of my friends that, that oh. had it, you know, they, they built, they, you know, had a little uh, theater there in Athens, but yeah, Athens is, you know, it's not that far from oh, Dallas, wow. but it is out in the country for sure. Yeah. Two, two and a half hours. Um, but you might get a kick out of this. I ended up, uh, meeting a guy named Steven and Steven ended up ma- marrying my wife and I, but, uh, he worked at a, a small, uh, church out there and he had a recording studio. And, um, and at the time I was kind of running around the Metroplex. I didn't have a place to stay. I was, I was pretty, uh, you know, just couch surfing, couch hopping. And, and he came around and gave me a huge chance and, and said, Hey, you know, there's a place out here in Athens, you know, if you want to come and get plugged in and, and, and learn how to record, you can. And, uh, and so I took the plunge and left, uh, the Metroplex, which is all I really had ever known and, and moved to Athens. And they hooked, they put me into a, a 7,000 square foot Victorian house by myself for almost two years. And about 20 steps out the back of that house was a container shed studio. And Stephen gave me the keys and said, don't mess anything up and uh, let me stay at this. It was like a clothing shelter for the community on the bottom floor. And the whole top floor was like a, an apartment and uh I moved out there and that's when I started to learn how to record. And I was just hooked. I was in my early twenties and uh, was just really excited to be a part of, you know, what I considered the Mecca of music. If we could learn how to record this stuff and get great sounds, then maybe I could be a part of music for a longer 
a long a long period of time. So that was kind of the thought, and that's what got me going. Well, I'll tell you what. I love meeting engineers that are also musicians. Um, I mean, you know, there's probably more of those than there are not just because, um, you know, I don't know. It just seems like a lot of them can play some kind of an instrument. But more than anything, I love um, musicians that understand musicians and what it's like to go in and record because, you know, there's there's a real art to making someone comfortable enough to be able to feel like they can share themselves and not feel, you know, like, oh, gosh, if, if I mess up there, I'm, I'm going to be embarrassed or, you know what I mean? It's like to, to really be able to shed themselves of all of the worry behind what somebody thinks. And it seems like you're, you're just, you've got such a cool, easygoing vibe about you. And that was the one thing that Paul Renna told me when he worked with you because he's just such a because you're gonna love him because he's a hippie like you and he's real easygoing and he really knows his stuff and sounds like I mean I remember he told me you know you played a plethora of instruments sounds like you play just about every instrument out there I mean um other than I didn't hear you mention violin or a stringed instrument but so how many instruments do you play Oh, you know I I don't touch wind instruments so I don't play any brass or woodwinds or anything like that um, but if it has strings on it or, you know, uh, anything like that, you know, I, I can mess around and make a sound, you know, from drums to guitars and pianos, uh, then to that, that probably led me to wanting to write songs. Um, and, and that, you know, so I'm not a, you know, when I meet somebody who has played guitar their whole life and they've been very focused on it and they're instrument specific, that is a skill set I truly admire. Um, and those are the people I want to call in, you know, to come record in the studio. Sure. Um, myself, I was just someone who saw uh, and had the opportunity to like scan the the skies and see a bigger point of view. And, and I can play around with a lot of instruments and, and engineer a lot of it. But, uh, you know, I think it's really helped in the studio to have been able to play those instruments and to be able to then communicate to a drummer or a bass player, keyboard player. Absolutely. Well, I don't want to take any more time. I want to I want to go ahead and play some of this music so people can understand just what kind of level player and what what it is that you do. Um, We're going to start off with one of my favorites out of the three songs that you sent me. Um, It's called Fairyland Blues. And everybody out there knows why it would be my favorite just because of the 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 genre of it and the style of it I you know I'm I'm such a 60s and 70s girl and I'm and I'm from Texas originally so um I like that kind of vibe and this particular one really catches it for sure so tell me real quick who's playing on this um track so the whole EP that that's coming out and this track included is uh there's a drummer named Mitch Poland um there's a bass player and Mitch is around here he teaches in in the facility and plays around and um and then there is Corey Hunter on bass. He's one of our studio partners. He lives in Los Angeles. Um, there is Leland Rooney on guitar. He used to be a North Texas guy up here. And then he moved to Nashville around the pandemic. Um, and then there is, uh, let's see, Mike Horn on violin. He's throughout all of the record. There is Andy Rogers. He's on uh banjo and dobro throughout it all he plays in that band the wilder blues yes i know him and then uh that's uh oh my buddy jake came and sang some harmonies okay so that's that with fairyland blues we just wanted to write a simple it's a 20 bar blues progression and uh and it was just 
documenting the that's times. Pr- that's pretty much why I like it. It's a little bit simple, and you know, I, I, I feel it. I tap my feet to it. I'm like, yeah, this is. I love this. I dig this. So I'm gonna, I'm gonna bring you guys in on it right off the bat. We're gonna play Fairyland Blues with Sunny Lynn, my guest today on Texas Homegrown Music. If you're just now listening, you guys are in for a treat. What a, I mean, what a talent you are, Sunny. And I'm, I'm just enjoying it. And I can't wait to, to hear more music from you for sure after this, um, after this EP comes out. I know you're gonna, you're still busy writing and recording. I know you do that full time, and so I'm, I'm expecting you will have some more music coming as well. But for right now, we're gonna play Fairyland Blues with my guest Sunny Lynn, and we'll be right back right here on Texas Homegrown Music with yours truly, Maylee Thomas. Some prison ain't a bad punishment for how you're making me feel now. Oh, it's like all you ever think about is you. Or am I just living in the With sickening evidence proving itself sinister. Looks like you got a side to choose. Or am I just living in the fairy land?
Well, back again with Sunny Lynn. And um, so, Sunny, tell me this. I know, you know, just listening to you talk about the, you know, your first gig of being able to have that freedom to learn, you know, everything that you need to learn when you're engineering, which is crazy because everything changes so much. But me personally, I still love, um, I still love recording to tape, to um, tape. I do. I like that warmth that you get. And I know there's lots of people that are recognizing that and doing both. Tell me, tell me some of the things that you like to do um, in recording that you think is is, you know, something different or just something that, that people would actually look for in a studio with you? Yeah. Um, so I, I'm with you. I, I used to have an old uh, Trident console and a 24 track, two inch tape machine. And, uh, and I loved that sound, but we did, we did shift over. We are a hybrid studio now, so fully digital and fully analog. Yeah. And so I still like to record everything on the front end to fantastic compre- uh, preamplifiers and the, the microphones and the preamps to me are the most important. And then we have a lot of outboard compressors and EQs and things like that um, if needed. Um, and then, and then it goes directly into the digital space where, you know, music can be edited and manipulated in fast ways. So I do like the, and then, and then many times uh, even on mix, it then goes back out to analog gear and mixing so yeah it's kind of like analog on the front end digital in the middle analog on the back i love that and that's what i was hoping Uh, you were going to say and i think that um i think there's a lot of young people that are now recognizing what they like about the sound of things from the 60s and 70s um before they just went completely digital right and then everybody thought that was the way to go and then all of a sudden they were like oh i don't know i miss a little bit of the warmth that you got and me personally i still you know i still listen to vinyl once in a while i love that little bit of a hiss i like to i I love when I drop that needle and I'm just getting ready to, to you know, hear that first note. And, um, of course, my kids, you know, I've, yeah, I introduced yeah. them early on because we never got rid of our turntables. But um, it was really funny when, you know, the first little kid that came up that had never seen a record tried to put a, C- a CD on the record player, yeah. <laughs> you know, or a DVD even. It doesn't work that right? way. Right, thinking, oh, okay, can I play this on there? <laughs> yeah. But, um, oh, man, you know, yeah. do, did you miss that? Because I know you're a lot younger than I am. Um, were you ever were you ever an album boy? Uh, you know, I, I, I definitely... I've had to find everything out on the back end. You know, I, I didn't uh, grow up with a, a lot of, uh, my mom was really young. So, so, you know, didn't even grow up listening to oldies. Like my, you know, my, my wife, uh, she grew up on the oldies. So I remember when we, we were high school sweethearts. So, so we met uh, early on and she'd be singing the Beatles song. I'm like, who's that? You know, <laughs> And she's like, it's the Beatles. You know, you never heard of them. I'm like, what? I, I had to, I had to go. My mom took me back basically as far as like Bon Jovi. Okay. You know, and then not, nothing else. Oh my God. That. So I had to go learn. And, you missed my and favorite decades, Sonny. With, uh, <laughs> you, you missed my well, favorite decades. Well, here, here it comes. <laughs> it is my favorite decade too, but I had to find it later. And, and I had to go on deep dives. And, uh, and so same thing with the console and the tape machine. I, I feel like I learned about this stuff digitally first. And then I had to go find it in the real world. So I got one. And same thing here. We, we, we keep an old mid-century, um, you know, vinyl uh, cabinet in our main living room, you know, with a, 
uh, you know, records just hanging out because there's nothing like it, you know. Uh, so, and, and then a lot of this music truly is, you know, uh, the 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 e the first EP. You know, I recorded most of this back in t- 2016, 17, and I just was working on other people's records and and just kind of kept them all in a hard drive and and on the computer. But it was really inspired by finding that um, 60s singer-songwriter and then when folk kind of met blues and psychedelia and, and just experimental sounds, I, I'm a big sucker for that that whole era of music. Uh, so I don't know, maybe it'll come back. Well, know, I don't think it ever left. And I'll just tell you because, um, you know, I I laugh when I talk to some people that are telling me, you know, uh, we, we need to get back to that kind of music. I'm like, well, you know, music is so subjective. And, and really, I'm grateful that we have so many different genres, just like a life. You know, we we all have different likes. I mean, you know, I love Rocky Road. Um, you know, I, 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 when I used to eat dairy, I don't eat dairy any longer, but when I used to eat dairy, I used to like ice creams that have a whole bunch of stuff chunked into it, you know, and then I meet people that they're just, they like vanilla and they, that just really does a lot for them. Well, that's how kind of how music is. Right. And, but, but I'm also one of those people that I like to try new things. And so I'm, I like all kinds of music. I really do. And I was very fortunate to grow up um, in a family that, you know, listened to a lot of different kinds of music. And um, like I said, I grew up in the 60s and 70s, and I feel like I really got the best decades. Um, and, and then my, you know, my dad was a big jazz guy. He grew up in Chicago area, so he was always playing jazz groups and big bands. Bands. And my mom's uh, family was always my my grandfather was a proficient musician that played just about every um, string instrument out there. And so um, I got to hear a lot of different kind of genres of music. And as a result, I'm very open to um, all different kinds and I, and I and I can appreciate it all. I really can. Even rap and um you know and there's so many people that listen you know that listen to my show that are like, "Oh no, no, I can't. I can't do rap." But I I really do. I can appreciate it. and I also love that you know that they they do all these ma- mashups now, you know, where you they take these old songs and put them into rap songs oh, and yeah. I, I love that. I do. And and I, I just dig the fact that people can be open to liking different kinds of music. I'm sure with your studio, um, you get so many different genres of, of artists coming in. How fun for you. Oh, I love it. I mean, that was that was part of the initial idea and vision of Noise Umbrella, you know, just having a place where that was uh, the, all types of music were acceptable. And uh and I remember having that discovery, especially with engineering. Like I remember hearing a kick drum, and got obsessed with kick drums for a while. And and then it didn't matter the genre, you know. I could keep, I could clue into, you know, something that sounded great from any 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 realm of the music sphere. So uh, I, I do like that. And then and then I do like keeping it fresh in the studio, um, and working with, you know, every artist has such a unique way of expressing themselves and. Uh, and share and sharing their viewpoint and emotions and ideas with the world. And I learn more from, and I'm completely satisfied just doing that engineering, producing, mixing, and, and watching these fantastic creatures called musicians and humans do their thing. It's, it's amazing. Um, but you know, at, at some point I had built up all these songs on the side and, uh, 
I felt like uh, got a green light recently, and it was just like you know, you too, go, you know, you know. Absolutely. It's like almost like uh, there was a creativity block until I let it all out, and the first single came out last month, and I feel I feel like I'm seeing the world through rose-colored glasses again. It feels good to complete the process and take the risk of sharing the work. And it's, it's really energizing me. Yay. Well, I'm so glad. And I think you need to do more of that and express yourself. And, um, you know, clearly you've got a gift, honey, for sure. You know, after listening to this stuff and, and, uh, and the layers of, of all the stuff that you put into it, I would imagine it's a lot easier when you do have access to what you have access to instead of feeling like uh, most people that go into the studio and they have to do everything within a time frame. But um, again, I want to talk about the studio because I think it's important for people to know that you have this um, uh, you have this great place right here in the Metroplex area of Frisco. And I noticed also, because we, we're talking about, um, you know, musicians as an art form for sure. But I also noticed that you offer art classes. Tell me about that. I, you know, I got online and did a little bit of homework and research on um, on the noise umbrella. And I noticed you guys have all kinds of stuff going on. So tell me, tell me exactly what you offer and what people might expect if they uh, looked into coming to your place. Yeah. So you can, you can look at it in two parts. Uh, the first part is a, a music and art school and that's called NAMS neighborhood arts and music school. And NAMS is, uh, has been here for you know, 14 years now since 2008. Okay. And I, I've been here, the owner of this business since 2012. Okay. So um, hit my 10 years this last August. Hey, and, uh, I still can't believe I got, you know, 10, 10 years here in small business, but that is music lessons and art lessons. And there's just been a really cool underground, you know, music and art community here in Frisco for the last decade. Um, we're not corporate franchises. We're just the local small town, uh, connecting points, but, um, so that's one side. And then, and then the other side is we share the same facility with Noise Umbrella, which is a full service recording studio. And then there's, you know, there's actually now at this point, multiple engineers that are working out of here. We have mentors. We, we built a, an amazing control room that was designed by some um, unbelievable acousticians and, uh, and they have become mentors to us. So, uh, you know, it's been a really cool thing to to watch grow. So you you have the lessons and education side for music and art with NAMS, namsfrisco.com. And then you have uh, Noise Umbrella, which has just really been a private uh, studio until until the COVID era. And then we kind of opened up and started recording a lot of songwriters okay. and artists. And, and it was just such a cool thing that that, that happened to school dropped by 60% oh, in a month. Yeah. And then all of a sudden there was this renaissance of artists that were sitting at home saying, I'm writing, I'm feeling things I want to record. And then the, you know, all the crazies started coming out and, and recording in the middle of that time. And, and it really helped us stay alive uh, with our small business. So that's kind of, that's kind of it. We've got the music and art uh, education side. And then we have 
just a huge playland with a bunch of gear and toys. Well, I am a big believer in people investing in the future um, generations and especially in the arts. Uh, As you know, George and I have been proponents of trying to get more arts um, and more art involvement in our city of McKinney. And I know Frisco feels the same way. This whole area is, is growing and so, you know, so quickly. And I think it's important for us to keep up with um, the growth with the arts and more more things to add to it. And I noticed you guys have been pretty successful. You've even got you've even got one of your um, kids that made it to uh, Disney something. I think I read Adrian Lyles. Is that his name? Yeah, yeah. Adrian learned how to play piano and sing right here in this facility, and he started coming to our our open mics and shows and and uh, just pr- progressed like crazy. And then I think he signed a five-year deal with Disney Plus as a series regular on High School Musical, which was just huge news for, you know, the underground art community that, that someone went that far. And now they live in Hollywood and uh, and he's doing amazing. He signed a, a deal with Walt Disney Records and, you know, uh, his mom called me to tell me, which was cool. They're out in California and they said, hey, uh, I don't know if you've heard the news, but I wanted to tell you first because we will never forget the people that poured into Adrian as a kid. So he's going to be coming back. And that was just, you know, that teaching and educating is uh, such a special thing. It's near to me. And it's also what I think keeps this facility filled with life. You know, Absolutely. studios are dead places until people come in and, I t- and bring totally. some sort of magic in. Well, I want to play another song. We're going to play the song Sally Lee. And I think you said you wrote these songs quite a, quite a while ago. Give me a little background on this one. So Sally Lee was, um, um, you know, um, it was kind of like if funk and folk met together, you know, because the the whole EP wanted, I wanted to start it all with an acoustic parlor guitar so they could play that way. But um, at the time I was playing in, in just, you know, local bars and I was just surveying crowds and watching what happened when I played slow songs and uh, watched what happened when I played an upbeat fast tune and and the whole place started to dance like you know it was on fire and I I wanted to recreate something like that so Sally Lee was in that aspect and I was just surveying you know people and scenes and and uh environments and and uh it's just an observation at it but it's if James Brown ran a folk band and uh there you go Sally Lee experimental well here we go Sally Lee from Sunnyland, my guest today on Texas Homegrown Music. We'll be right back to talk about where you might catch him at a show and uh, what else he's doing and when he's going to release some more songs for you. So here we go. Sally Lee with my guest Sunnyland right here on Texas Homegrown Music. Gotta get that caffeine and nicotine. Need old Jane with a bit of drink. Chasing all the boys and all the girls Find yourself at the valley floor Reaching out for somebody to love Till the night falls down and the sun comes up Sally You better watch your speed And don't you come for me No, not for me 
Here we are back with Sonny Lynn and um, his uh, release of some songs that he's had for a little while because he's be- he's doing the the engineer thing and running some schools and businesses and uh, I get it, brother. You know it's hard to do that and and gig at night. I know, believe me. Um, I've 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 been doing it for a long time yeah. and I I've, I've actually enjoyed not playing as much as I used to and being a little bit more um, specific about where I go and what I do. So I'll just say this: I I love that you have the opportunity to release your songs like you do and not have to tour with them um, because you've got other income and you're, you're able to do other things. But I do think your stuff is good enough. I think you definitely need to have a um, EP release and, and bring your band together and let us know when and where you're going to do that. So we can tell people and have them come out and see you. Certainly will do. We'll, we'll put, we'll bring the band together and, and, uh, and play a string of shows when, you know, once these uh, songs get out there and, I really am looking forward to it. Well, I, I sure. would I would love to uh, to talk about that. Um, so you uh, you I think I I mentioned earlier on on this interview that you tracked my friend Paul Renna and his um, duo, the Woodsmen, um, the song called "We're Going Home," which um, I'm played on the on the show today. But um, I I gotta say, he paid you the best compliment because he said, you know. 
and this is for all of you out there, if you're thinking about recording and you want to go track with someone, this is the kind of guy you want to be with. Paul said, you know, he's the kind of guy that he kind of asked me what I wanted to do. I played a little bit of my song and he said, he just made what I thought of in my mind sound so much better than I thought it could. And, um, and that's saying a lot because, you know, as an artist, we do have this preconceived idea of what we want to try to do. And sometimes we get it done. And honestly, sometimes we don't, you know, sometimes I've recorded stuff and I'm like, well, I thought it, and I really had a, a different picture in my mind, but that's okay. It took a life of its own, but to have somebody, um, engineer it that can actually help you get the sound that you really heard in your mind and in even better is quite the compliment. And that's what Paul said about you. And so I thought it was important for me to put your um, business out there and play your music so people realize that, you know, there's somebody right here in the Metroplex, if you guys are looking to record in the Dallas-Fort Worth area, that can do that for you. And I, I recommend... Levi Bradford as the um, engineer at uh, Noise Umbrella, and you can find it at noiseumbrella.com. Of course, their Facebook page um, as well, and I know you're on Instagram, all kinds of things. So, um, married, do you have children? I have two kids, yeah. I've got a boy and a girl, and they're almost four and two. Oh, you so are in it. We're busy. You are in it. That's actually a great age, though. Mm-hmm. I've got grandchildren that same age, um, five and three, and uh, and it's oh, cool. or actually yeah. six and three, and it's a lot of fun. It's a it's a great age, and your your two year old, as you know, because you've got a four year old, is getting ready to just change your world because they'll just start talking like crazy in this next year, and you'll get to find out who they're <laughs> yeah. really like, you know, right? <laughs> Oh, yeah. um, are you going teaching to get, us a lot. are you gonna get them in, on some instruments early on? Oh uh, they they do come up here and uh, play around all at the studio and it's kind of funny uh, you know uh, our our oldest son, his name is van v a n van and uh, and uh, he calls the studio Daddy's house. <laughs> And he calls our home uh, Mommy's House. So if you don't know us, you might think, oh, I'm going to go to Daddy's oh, House no. or Mommy's House. And, um, but he, I know we're shifting it around and he's now saying studio, but he wants to come play the drums and turn on the synthesizer and hear sound. And uh, it's really cool. Um, I'm hoping just through exposure. Uh, good exposure, you know, to music that they'll they'll maybe take a liking to it. Absolutely. So. Well, I tell you, as a um, you know, as as a child that was raised around a lot of music, it definitely played a part in in what I was interested in and what I what I wanted to do. And also, you know, you mentioned about starting in church and playing in church. That's such an easy place for you to really hone your craft. And I recommend it highly because it's, um, you know, it's something you can do really early on. Whereas most kids um, that started playing music, uh, they had to be snuck into clubs, right, um, from somebody that said it thought it was be <laughs> right. okay. But uh, but most of my artists that I've had on that tell me that they honed their craft really early on did it in church. You know, and you also have people that want to hear music. Most of the time, they'd rather hear music than the preacher preaching. So <laughs> that always helps, yeah. too, right? Uh, <laughs> they clap real big and they, oh, they yeah. love having yeah. you in there. So I recommend <laughs> it highly. Well, I got to tell you, I've really enjoyed oh, yeah. getting to know you, Sonny. And I and I hope that you'll continue to, to release music because it sounds like you've got some... Um, you know, some really great ideas. I love the different genres that you have actually, uh, these three songs that you've released c- 
cover three different sounds to me, and um, certainly the you know the blues um, and folk sounds. But also, you you seem like you've listened to a lot of different styles. Um, I hear some jazz changes in there a lot. And um, and I and I just really appreciate that you've been able to meld it all together in something that we can all appreciate. And I look forward to seeing you play with your band sometime. You better let me know when you're going to do that because I'm your neighbor and I'm not going to stay away. And um, maybe I'll be lucky enough to, to see you at a gig soon. Oh, I'd love that. I love that. And I, I do appreciate the time. And thank thank you so much for listening and uh, and considering it and having me on. It means the world. Sure. Well, I'm going to play this last song that I'm going to play is the song that you just released called Oh Papa. And I'm wondering, is this an ode to your grandfather or, or tell, tell me tell me what this song is about? Yeah, it, it, it pretty much partly is. The uh, the main motif of the song, uh, I heard him do in a little bluegrass turnaround. You know, you hear that a yeah. lot. And I just extended it out into like a motif throughout the song. So that's where that thing came from. And um, I was going to Colorado a lot at the time. And, uh, so the song's pretty abstract and, you know, it really is about mountains and valleys and, and hopefully, you know, overcoming, overcoming those, uh, in, in your own journey. But really what the song did for me was, it was the first one that I, that kind of made its way out of the parlor guitar. And once I heard it recorded, I realized that there were several different worlds within this song. And what it did was it, it showed me that there was so much more to explore. So I released Oh Papa first, uh, really just because it was the first one that came out of the guitar. And, and, and since then, we haven't stopped recording and writing and making music. So this year, I'll be releasing the archives. I've got loads and loads of, of music like this that have been recorded throughout the last several years. And, um, and so, yeah, Oh Papa is a little bluegrass, a little experimental. Uh, hope you enjoy it. Well, I I enjoyed it, and I enjoyed you, and I I hope to meet your wife sometime and your two little ones. Um, you'll have to bring them out sometime. Maybe bring them over to a show, or come over. You know, I know I'm sure you're familiar with downtown McKinney. Great little place to walk around with the fam, and um, maybe I'll run into you sometime soon. But thank you so much for being on the show, brother. I appreciate it, and love your I love your style. I love your vibe, and I love your music. So. We'll be right back on uh, Texas Homegrown Music. But right now we're going to play Oh Papa from Sunny Lynn right here on Texas Homegrown Music.
chapter Don't wanna end up alone Saw the rain pour Fast from the sky Here we go That's the end of another show, and I don't know. I really enjoyed getting to know Sonny Lynn. Um, of course, so some people out there in the world know him as Levi Bradford. Um, great. Uh, I mean, he's just an all-around in- inspirational guy with all that talent. But I love anybody that wants to put back into our community or into our world and help people hone their craft, and that's exactly what he's doing over there at the Noise Umbrella as well as starting out his own singing career as Sunny Lynn. So thank you so much for being on the show. Um, I really had a good time getting to know you, and I hope to see you live sometime, Sunny. So I'm going to close the show today with one of the Speaker Wars songs called Never Ready to Go. And I think I'm going to have them on my show next week. I'm working it out. Um, but for those of you that don't know who Stan Lynch is, by the way, he was with the original drummer with Tom Petty. And what a talent he is. And I'm so glad to see him doing something like this again and getting back out there into the music world so we can all enjoy his fantastic drumming. So once again, I want to say thanks to my sponsors, the Guitar Sanctuary, of course, Burris Injury Law, and Tupps Brewery. And Tupps Brewery's got a new new uh, building they're building out here in McKinney, Texas. I can't wait to share it with you guys, and you got to come and be a part of that. So peace out, everybody. Thanks for listening. We'll always bring you the Texas best right here on Texas Homegrown Music with yours truly, Maylee Thomas, and we'll see you next time. But we'll go out now with Speaker Wars, never ready to go. 
By the way, I'm never ready to go. I'm always ready to be here with you guys. We'll see you later.